I had uh, one of your pals grab me the other day. Did you? Celebrating after the game. He was, I'm Blake's mate. <laughs> was he really tall? Bold? I, 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 he looked massive, yeah. Yeah. But he was in, obviously, he was in the crowd, like, and grappled me. I'm Blake's mate. Yeah, he's mentally his mate as well. <laughs> he's seen it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Talk Derby to Me podcast. I'm Blake Fallows. Today we're talking to Derby legend and Buxton striker Jamie Ward about the book's incredible FA Cup run. And as ever, he's got a gem of a story for us as well. He's like, listen, it's not the fact that you've done it. It's just the way you've done it. He said, you're lucky it was you. He said, because anyone else I'd have had a scrap with there and then. I was like, well, I seen you walking towards me, Jack, and I thought, here we fucking go. Friend of the podcast, Robert, tells us about the win at York and how the town of Buxton is feeling. They are absolutely buzzing. It's all anyone's talking about, Buxton's FA Cup run. And in the first of our classic highlights, it's a win at Forest featuring a goal from Wardy himself. Still going, Jamie Ward. It's a great run and he scored! Jamie Ward with the equaliser! Forrest wanted Derby to put the ball out of play. Nigel Clough said, no, you carry on. And boy, did Jamie Ward do precisely that. On, on, on he went. And Ward levels for Derby County. Wardy, good to have you yeah. back. Thank you very much, mate. It's nice uh, to be back. So first things first, FA Cup draw. What do you reckon to the draw? I was a bit disappointed. And I'm not a Buxton fan, though. Yeah, no, I think... Obviously, whoever we was going to get was going to be a tough draw. Uh, but now it's another challenge for us, isn't it? I think we've just got to embrace it and go into the game believing that we can still get, get something out of the game. I actually texted the Morecambe manager last night, so uh, I won't tell you what he responded because <laughs> it might get one of us in trouble and I don't want to do that. Uh, winnable game, though, at home? Uh, listen, let's be realistic. I think the, the levels... That they're above us, I think, realistically, no, if, if we're going to be honest about it. But it's a great challenge for us. There's no pressure on us. And listen, we beat two teams that are in, uh, that play levels above us in, in the first round. And obviously, uh, we beat Kettering and, and York to, to get through to the, the actual proper first round. So it's a challenge. Let's embrace it. We've got nothing to lose. We've got everything to gain. How important is it for, for teams like Buxton, not just for like making history, getting to the second round, but financially, it's, it's, a, massive, it's a massive thing to, to get this far and to get that prize money as well. Is that something that was factored into like team talks and how you think about it's big for the club to go and win it in that way as well? No, that wasn't even mentioned, to be honest. I think we're, we're fortunate to have a, a, an owner who's got a little bit of money. So he's, obviously, he's on the journey with us and he's loving every second of it. Don't get me wrong. It helps massively when you're getting thousands of pounds put into the club because you've uh, gone on to the next round of the cup. So it certainly helps, and I'm 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 sure it will be happy about it. Our owner will be happy about it. So it, it's great for us. The but it was never ever mentioned. We it was never mentioned that we need to win today because we need the money or anything like that. That was never mentioned. It was just go out there and give the best account of yourself. What was it like Saturday? By all accounts, the reports I've read, you were you, the better side, weren't you? Yeah, I, without a shadow of doubt. I think, obviously, they, they come, into it, come into it more in the second half. They probably had a 20-minute spell in the second half where they got control of the ball and stuff like that. And uh, maybe that's to do with full-time fitness and, obviously, the full-time football and part-time football doing a little bit different. But 
then we we've obviously we've scored the goal in the 85th minute. So we we were still going. We we kept going. It wasn't a case of we'd give up and we were sitting in. It was a case of we were still trying. What were the fans like? I've seen pictures and um, it looked like I think it was about thirteen hundred or something mad. Like they took the same amount to there as Derby took to Millwall. So it's crazy. Yeah, I think it was it was just under eleven hundred. I think they took. So which is obviously great because we don't even get that at our home games. So they're travelling across the York, and I think I think the good thing is for that though you get the people of Derbyshire, and obviously you get family and friends all all come because obviously it's a big game and they want to see little old books and do do well and stuff like that because obviously it's a bit of a giant killing wasn't it so you look at the two clubs you you wouldn't expect Buxton to be anywhere near it but little do people know we have a lot of good players in our team yeah and we'll surprise I think I think Morecambe will be surprised really with, with our quality especially going forward with our quality going forward if we get a bit of control in the game yeah they will be surprised so how's the season been going for in general then for, for yourself personally and for, for Buxton so far? Yeah, not bad. I can't complain. I've, I've played more football than obviously, well, not first sport because obviously I want to play every every minute of every game. Mm. Uh, but not getting a proper pre-season under my belt, I've probably played a lot more football than I expected to up to, up to now, which uh, obviously I'm not complaining about scored goals and, and stuff like that, which obviously helps the team and contributes to everything. So everything going forward and, and the form that the club's in. We've, we've got we've, forward players. We're very lucky and blessed to, to have what we've got, especially at this level. What's the aim for this season? Is there a, is there a target in mind for Buxton? And does being having a decent cup run, obviously it's good being in the cup and having the run, but that, does that take away from the league as well? Do you know what I mean? If you're focusing on playing all these other games? Yeah, well, we're already on catch-up in the league. That's the thing because of our FA Cup run. Obviously, let's be realistic. The FA Cup run, we, if we get through the next round, we more than likely won't get through the third round. So we've only got a maximum of two more fixtures after I think we've got three or four to catch up on already. So maximum, we may have another two going forward if, if that is the case. So focus is obviously to get promoted. That's what the club wants. That's what the, the chairman wants. And, and rightly so, because he's, he's put money into the club and he, he deserves his promotion. Are all those games a killer at your stage, at the stage of your career, that you're, you're, actually, you're, not, a, you're not a young whippersnapper anymore? So is it, do you find it tough playing so many games or is it just take it in your stride? Uh, take it in your stride. I think it's, it's playing cat and mouse, isn't it? So I've got to obviously think about my game a little bit more as, as well, rather than running around like a lunatic like I used to do and don't get me wrong I still run around but if you looked at my running stats it wouldn't look like I run around <laughs> have, you to, have you had to change your game then? Uh, no I've just been a bit more clever I've just stayed further up the pitch Yeah. So, and that's what I mean by the, the cat and mouse game I think there's a, there's a lot of times where people tend to worry about me rather than me worrying about them, if you know what I mean. So instead of them bombing on, like you would get in the league, in the football league, the fullback would just go and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't think twice about leaving you standing because he knows you eventually you're going to have to run, run back after him. So uh, that doesn't happen as much in this league. So that's the clever bit. What's the standard like, Joe? Because I know 
it's it's decent. But do you know because you get pe- people like yourselves, so you get good youngsters that are playing, and people like yourselves are experienced pros. So it's still got to be like a, a decent standard, hasn't it? Like, I mean, obviously it is because you're beating teams like York and and that. But it's it's still a really really good standard, isn't it? Yeah, there, there is there's, there's some there is some good players in and around the level. It's, well, especially at our club, we, we've got players that. I don't know how they've, they've not played in the football league, for instance. So, you, but then you look at them and think, is is it a mental thing? Can they not deal with, let's say, big crowds, or can they not deal with the pressure of it? So, effectively, football to our players is a second job, isn't it? Because they've got their their full time daytime job, and obviously through through the day, five days a week. So, effectively, it's a bit of fun, but it's a, it's a good bit of fun for them. So maybe that's where. The difference is with them maybe not making full-time, maybe it was a bit too full-on for them. And, and that'll be players through, throughout the league, not, not just at our club, it'll be all throughout the league because there is talented, talented players. Have you seen like, the standard, not standard improved, but do you know when professional clubs are releasing a lot of players during COVID and, and stuff and they're all, all looking for clubs, is there, is there better players at that level now because they, they, they can't get a professional club? Joe, they've kind yeah. of dropped that. Yeah, I'd like to think so, but sometimes I think uh, people are too scared to come to this level. A bit, bit of ego, a bit of pride, and stuff like that. Are too, too scared to drop to the level because they think, obviously, played, I've had my career, and I shouldn't be dropping to that level. Well, if you still want to play football, then there's, there's no harm in it. I understand if you if you want to totally finish and you don't want to play, but for myself, I, I wasn't ready to to finish, and. I want to finish on my terms, not I don't want football to finish me. So and that's why I, I've carried on playing. That that's that's ultimately the main reason. Are you still enjoying it? Love it, yeah. Re- really enjoyed it. I think it obviously it helps when you're winning. I think it's like anything. So if you're winning games, then happy days. It's it's uh it's the best feeling in the world, isn't it? What's uh, what's it like in general at the minute? I know you probably can't say too much, but the manager left just before uh, one of the biggest games in the club's history, so that's got to affect. Like, regardless of the decision, and right, we won't get into that. It's not your place to say, but does it affect preparation when the manager goes so so soon before a game? Or again, is it just you just got to carry on? Just got to carry on. It's at the end of the day. It's it's our job to carry on, isn't it? I think the other thing with it is because it's not a full time environment. Obviously, you got sacked the one day. You're not in the next day to like the lads you're not in and around the lads every single day going what's going off here what's this what's that what's going to happen so because you kind of have that time away from it I think it's a lot easier to deal with and whether people agree with it or disagree with it it's just one of them things it's it's the owner's decision at the end of the day it's his club it's he's putting his money into it and we just have to get on with it we as a group of players our job is to play football not get involved with the politics side of the game Last time we did a podcast together, um, I think the manager had just been sacked at Sully Hill. So do you think you're, you might be the problem? <laughs> Don't say that, mate. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few managers off in my time. I've not meant to see them off, but uh, no, it, it certainly wasn't. This one wasn't anything to do with me. So I went performing and stuff like that. So not, not nothing to do with me. It's out of my hands, mate. Signed in the summer from Burton Albion. 
and in front of the Derby supporters, a chance to make himself an instant hero. Lewis McGugan has taken Forrest's earlier penalties this season. He's on the bench, so it's Andy Reid. Scores! Forrest in front again at the city ground inside the opening minutes. Just the start he wanted. That might just lift some of the pressure that has been building on the Forest boss. A bad slip there for one of the Forest players who stayed down. We'll come back to that in a moment. Hendrick for Brayford. Forest and certainly their fans are expecting Derby to put this ball out of play, but I'm not sure that Derby know what's happened here. Play continues with Shackle. Nigel Clough is telling Derby to carry on here. Carry on, he says. It's not our problem. It's Ward against Mojewski. Ward to the byline. And still going, Jamie Ward. It's a great run and he scored! Jamie Ward with the equaliser! Forrest wanted Derby to put the ball out of play. Nigel Clough said, no, you carry on. And boy, did Jamie Ward do precisely that. On, on, on he went. And Ward levels for Derby County. But it will be another huge slice of controversy in this fixture. Got away from Majewski. Got away from Gunter. And then somehow beat his Northern Ireland colleague, Lee Camp, at his near post. 1-1. Over the top by O'Brien, Forrest appealing for offside here. Morgan's clearance, Ben Davis first to it. Struck goal, it in? Oh, what a finish! And it's Jeff Hendrick, the man that missed the glorious chance earlier. Myers, he made up for it with that sweet strike. Terrible defending by Forrest, Morgan's clearance was weak. Davis in there quickly to pick up the pieces. Hendrick said, this is mine, bang, goal. Ten-man derby take the lead with less than 20 to go at the city ground all eyes on referee scott matheson who blows for full time it's all over at the city ground what a dramatic afternoon nigel clough wins on his former stomping ground a day that couldn't have started much worse his goalkeeper sent off forrest in front from the spot after two minutes but then jamie ward and then Jeff Hendrick scored their first goals of the season for Derby to win and pile the pressure on the beleaguered Steve McLaren. It's a wonderful day for Derby fans. It's a miserable one for Forest Ones. All right, Blake's mate. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Not bad, are you? I'm fantastic, thank you. How's the town of Buxton in this illustrious time? They are absolutely buzzing. It's all anyone's talking about. Buxton's FA Cup run. Is it really that big a deal? Yeah, massive. People, people that don't even like football are on a, a lad at work said to me the other day, when do you think tickets will be on sale? I'm going to take the kids. I was like, you don't like football. <laughs> but everyone at work, everyone at the gym, walking through the street, on the WhatsApp groups. It's just... Honestly, it's mental. I never thought I'd see this in Buxton. Is it the biggest you've known it in Buxton, football-wise? I know you go to like quite a few games. I know you're a Derby fan, but you go to quite a few games. Is it the biggest it's ever been in Buxton, football-wise, hype-wise? Yes, definitely. I mean, there's there's obviously been a progression of the football at Buxton, shall we say, over the past few years with a new owner. And the, I think the new owner's trying to take it as far as he can. They've had a 4G pitch installed. They've been signing ex-pros or 
I suppose, pros because they're still playing football for a living. Uh, they had a few last season. They've got a few more this season. And it's just, it's like a little, it's like a little game of football manager, really, I suppose. Seeing these come to book. I mean, I've obviously been going for football since all five and I've been watching boxing on and off all my life. And some of the standard I've seen at boxing has been dross. But now when you're seeing ex-pros like Matt Kilgallen was there last season, Ben Turner this season, who's not played much recently, Jamie Ward, obviously, uh, people that have played throughout the conference, Ash Chambers, and it's it's a, it's a massive, a massive difference. Do those players stand out? Yeah. I mean, you see, I watched I watched them play Michelob Sports last season and they've got that Kemi Augustien that was at yeah. Swansea and, and at this level, you can tell the players that have played pro, but they make a difference. Jamie Jamie Ward's been scandalous recently, and then Buxton have got quite a few young lads that have been in academies as well, and some of them are doing really well. And it's it's just crazy how well they're doing, really, because they they've got games in hand and they can go top if they win them. Wardy said to us, um, "It's promotion. He's not. Um, he was like, I was like, what's the aim for this season? He's like promotion." Nothing but yeah. promotions like the owners like fixated on it. Yeah, because he went for it. He went for it last season, obviously got curtailed again. So I imagine he spent a lot of money last season on nothing effectively. So he needs he needs something to show for it this season because it's it's his money he's putting in. I mean they're not they're not receiving that much money at books and through the gates and the pies and the beer, are they? Talk me through, because I've seen pictures and you're in about ninety five percent of them. <laughs> I've just got Nat to message the photographer on Instagram last night so we can get some. I'm going to make a montage and get it up on the wall. What we've all oh, right, so like, so you've not got the watermark. Me and Nat Diego, yeah, and signed and just have like books and one nil against York and that all the match details under it. What was it? What was the day like? It, it looked was, mental. It was mental. The, the hype around it for two weeks beforehand was mad. Set up a WhatsApp group, had 30 lads in the WhatsApp group. Or obviously my derby mates, United fans, City fans, Liverpool fans. And when I say United, City, Liverpool fans, people that go home and away uh, all over Europe, people that have, you know, like me, have watched just watch football for as long as as long as you can remember. And some uh, some United lads sold their their city ticket last Saturday to go and watch boxing at York. It's crazy, right, isn't it? We've been to United and City loads, we know what it is. United aren't great at the moment. Let's go for a day out in York with all my mates. Incredible. We got we got the half nine train from Chinley just down the road from Buxton. It made it easy. We went into Sheffield. Changed at Sheffield. We're in York at half eleven. Some got the earlier train. Uh, we got we went to a Yates's. In the, have you been to York? I've been to the old ground. It's a new ground now, isn't it? I went yeah, to watch Old through Radio Derby. There's loads of pubs in the city centre on the river, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, we went to a Yates and they put us all upstairs. So it was just books and lads upstairs. And I've been in pubs before, games before, and it was it was loud. <laughs> like, serious, like England away loud. Like, it, wow. it, was, it was mental. And like, the United City game was on and the United and City fans weren't really paying attention to it because they were just that... You know, wrapped up in the books in FA Cup malarkey. Yeah, it, it nothing mattered apart from that, and uh, it was it was loud. And then we got a taxi to the ground. A few of us people made their own way there about two o'clock. 
obviously there was over a thousand boxing fans that went. Uh, couldn't struggle to get a taxi. We managed to get into the ground pretty much bang on kickoff, and it it was just bouncing from start to finish. I don't. There weren't many silent periods, and for a little team like Buxton that get four hundred and fifty at home, probably on mm. average, that sing a song once every ten minutes. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was, it, it was just baffling. It was really baffling. I was expecting a good day, but not. It, you can't even describe it. Was it one of them? We've been to football together, and we both followed football for a long time. Jay, when you have them days, like I can think of a derby game like West Brom away in the FA Cup about five, six years ago. Yeah, I remember. But all day, I just thought Derby's going to win. Yeah. Was it like that? Yeah, and I mean. York have been in a situation. They've had people banned for gambling, players, staff. Over the past few weeks, the, the fans are doing a protest movement against the chairman to get him out. Thought no better time to play him. But then obviously the Buxton manager left, leave in the lead up to the game the week before the game. And so we were like, oh, here we go. But I still had a little bet on Buxton. So in the pub before the game, I said to me, mate, stick me 50 quid on a win and it was 16 to five, so... We were laughing. What's the feeling been like about the... Because I've heard about it, obviously, but the manager and assistant manager leaving before the biggest game in about 50 years. Wardy couldn't say much, obviously, because he's at the club. He's not going to yeah. get involved in it, is he? But it seems really, really strange. The fa- the fans were fuming. From from what I can gather, the six weeks before he left, he was trying to get rid of the manager for one way or another. He was trying to get rid of him. And I think in the two or three years that manager's been there, he's only lost three league games. He's, wow. he's he's done fantastic. He's been ill in the summer. He's had his leg amputated at the knee. He's been to, he's been at the games in a wheelchair because he's he's in a wheelchair now. And you just thought it's it's. I mean, football's ruthless, but surely at that level, there's got to be some kind of morals and you know compassion towards someone that's done so well. But yeah, the assistant manager said he was going on holiday that week before the York game. Saw that as an excuse to sack them both. I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't know how they've managed to do that, but they have done. And the manager yeah. they brought in, Cunningham, the they he was at Curzon Ashton in the league above, and they're yeah. in talks with him in October, and his club mid October, and his club found out and sacked him. So he'd been without a job. So they're obviously just waiting to sack Gary Haywood, and then they were bringing him in. All the comments on social media were going mad when they sacked him. And then two days later, when they appointed the new one, they were all back happy again. Great appointment. He's a great manager. How do you know? Surely they don't follow non-league football to that amount where they know who's a good manager and who's not. I'd never heard of him. Obviously, Buxton, we'll come back to you shortly, but have you been keeping an eye on the... uh, Excuse me. Have you been keeping an eye on the, the Super Rams and what's your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, we went the other week against Luton, the Tuesday night game. Me or you in there, and we'd have won the game. <laughs> What's he doing on that second one? And I went, I think I shouted, claim it. And he went for the punch, and I thought, oh, he's cleared it. And then for some reason, his hand just didn't make a movement. He just jumped up. And I was like, oh, no. But Luton had been on a good run, hadn't they? And were, you know, doing well. And yeah. it just goes to show you can beat anyone in that league. And now these points are confirmed with no chance. I think I was halfway through saying, good decision as he headed it in. Yeah. But the header as well, if it had stayed on the line, because the cross was floated and stood up, if it had stayed on his line, he wouldn't have been able to get the power on the header to put it past him. So he'd have just 
showed in the W and caught it. It was balmy, honestly. It's a second bite at it, and this time he takes it. Five minutes to go, Diego Di Girolamo, player who spent time on loan here at York City, has come back to possibly knock them out of the cup. And Buxton are heading for the second round at York's expense. If they do win, then your man's all over the papers again, isn't he? Jamie Ward will be on my shoulders. <laughs> Is that a prediction? Yeah, that's a prediction. Well, but because it's a 3G pitch, there's a quite high fence around the pitch. It's like five foot, so it, it'll be a bit harder than getting on at York was. <laughs> there was only a two-foot wall at York, and I just stepped over it. <laughs> but I, I bided my time because they, they scored, they come to the fans, and a, a few of that Diego's mates, well, they, two of them fell over the wall getting on. And then there's about four or five on the pitch and stewards went up to him. So while the stewards had the back turned, I just jumped on and then ended up being the only one on there, hugging them all and going nuts. Just a disclaimer from Talk Derby to be Media Limited, please do not ever enter the playing surface. No, <laughs> oh please do not enter the field of play. It and is a criminal offence and can result in a three-year ban in order. Yeah, if, no, if, no, if North Yorkshire police come for me, I'm only joking, it weren't me. <laughs> yeah, it was another six-foot-seven bloke. I just couldn't help myself. Like you said, the day, it was just a great day and everyone was happy. And then when the goal went in, I, f- I thought, I'm not missing this opportunity. I've never I've, I've never done it before. So I just thought, I'm having this. But you never done what before? Been on the pitch? Been on the pitch. I got pushed on at MK Dons about five years ago because I was at the front and loads of people come down behind me. But I ended up over the barrier, but well, through the barrier, but not on the pitch as such, just... What about Glossop away in the Derbyshire Cup quarter-final? Boros victory yeah. Glossop when Calder Mid scored the second. <laughs> yeah, I've been on there. <laughs> but uh, not in an FA Cup first round or at a professional level. It was very enjoyable. But yeah, Roland Morecambe in, what is it, three weeks? Three weeks tomorrow? Yeah, three weeks tomorrow. Um, winnable? Winnable? You just never know, do you? You just never know. There's going to have to be one shock in the next round, so why can't it be Buxton? And then get to the third round and draw Tottenham away would be lo- lovely for me. Oh, mate, I'd definitely go. That's on the to-do list. Yes, exactly. Although, third round, it'd be tough, wouldn't it, Derby? What would you do? Uh, let's just get past Morecambe. My missus wants to come, because after I got back from York and she heard how amazing it was, she was like, I can't believe you didn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> one of the other lads took his missus as well so she were a bit unhappy but I've told her I'll, I'll take her to the next one nice one pal brilliant you have a good day at work cheers pal see you in a bit you too. up the box have you been keeping an eye on on Derby this season yeah I think naturally we've obviously what had happened uh, with the point deduction and stuff like that going into administration I think all of a sudden the alarm bells start ringing don't they so yeah for obviously I live in the area as well people you talk to are Derby fans and, and you you do tend to look out for them even more and obviously playing for the club you look out for them so it's it's a it's terrible what's happened this this obviously could have been controlled in a in a better way. I think I think 
instead of going for like a steady rise like we had done under Nigel Clough, there was a steady rise growing, going. And, uh, but instead, it, it was a case of within, I think it was in, within two years of maybe Nigel leaving, the wage budget went through the roof. And I know people try and buy the league, but it's it's not an easy league to buy. It's it's the group of players you have to buy. Let's go back to Burnley, for instance. First time they got promoted, they they had good players, but then players were under the radar. Mm. So they had a great togetherness and a great team spirit, which is the reason why. And they got promoted. They got promoted when I was at Sheffield United. They beat us in the playoff final. But their togetherness and their team spirit, all things like that, was was unbelievable. And that would have been been the thing that put them in that position. I think that shows when obviously you played in the side before a lot of the the money like the the money I spent on players and we was in the playoff final and got robbed against QPR and then he's seven years subsequently we haven't achieved anything more than that despite spending all of the money we but we were in the same position under Frank Lampard going to Wembley again and losing so I think you're spot on with the fact that maybe a bit of team spirit got disrupted by people maybe coming in and I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of it but if if someone comes in and it's they're not part of that squad. It, it does disrupt it, doesn't it? Definitely. I don't, I don't think... I've said it before. I, I always say that team didn't need many changes. It just needed a couple of good additions like in the changing room. Didn't have to be world beaters like, like we tried to bring in and stuff like that. It didn't have to go down, down that route. So it, that changing room was all about characters. And then characters effectively put the club where, where it was. And obviously, to, to see most of them in the end get shafted. I think there's only Craig Forsyth that's still there from, from that, the playoff final, QPR. Yeah. So yeah. to see, see most of the boys get shafted and, and not get looked after in the way that they should have, uh, that, that was a, a disappointing thing as well. But like I say, this is football and, and football moves on quick. Have you, ever been in, have you ever played for a club that's been in a similar situation to Derby or uh, financially in trouble? No, uh, never. Obviously, we, we had the bits and bobs at Forest and stuff like that. The other occasion, we wouldn't get paid on time and, and stuff. So, But it was never a case of going into administration and people are losing their jobs, which which is the, obviously the worst thing in the world. It's, it's okay for footballers. Footballers can survive, can't they? So, but it's just your office people and like you, your casual staff that, that feel the, that, well... I feel it the most, don't I? Does it create a bit of unrest or a bit of a, an atmosphere when you're not getting paid? I mean, I know from the outside, uh, people go, oh, football is a bit... But obviously, you're still doing your job and you've still got stuff to pay for. Does it... In the change room, is it still a bit like, fucking hell, I've not been fucking paid again? And do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it happens. Because, like you say, you, you're doing your job and you're not getting paid for it. And uh, But the bigger picture is mm. you have reserves to go into... And that's fine. It's it's not a problem. Whereas someone who's working for the club may not have may not be as lucky to have the reserves to, to go into. So it's uh, on that side of it, it's, it's it's horrible because you know, for instance, when I when we was at Forest and we didn't get paid, so one of the office staff, like our player liaison, mm. she obviously didn't didn't get paid as well, and she had bills coming out. Mm. So I, I just said to her, like, listen, if you need any money. Like, just let me know and I'll transfer you some money. Just give it me back whenever you've got it. Because mm. we, we got on really well. She she really looked after the lads and stuff like that. And she refused to take it. She wouldn't take it. 
I don't know why, but and in the end, for instance, she had to like move her bills and stuff like that, or or bounce on her bills and stuff, and and that was the the bit I didn't really like about it. Yeah, and like you say, it's it's everybody that I think people that you know when would have worked with at Derby end up losing their jobs. People that been there a long time, and that's the bit that that really kind of got to me a little bit when it was it's the real people losing the jobs, and you've gone. Say what you want about the previous owner, and I'm not going to get into it because it's been covered loads of times. But it's it's when the real, like you say, the real people that have that have built the club up and it's been destroyed. That's what gets to me a little bit. But yeah, definitely. But I think you just mentioning Mal there. I think he he's obviously put his money where his mouth yeah. is as well, and he's gone for it, and he's he's done everything that the fans would have wanted him to do as an yeah. owner, and he's backed the club tremendously. So I think sometimes we get we lose sight of it, don't we? We lose sight of how much money he's put in and, and stuff like that and what he's actually tried to do for the club. So, like, credit where credit's due there. I think you have, you have to give him a bit of credit. Obviously, yes. now it's bad times. Everyone turns against him. And I think that's that's like your football team. You're doing well. Your fans come in. You're not doing so well. Your fans are out. Yes. So, it's a, if you're going to go on a roller coaster ride with us, then you've got to be ready for the highs and lows and this is obviously a, a low at the moment for the club yeah I think it, yeah you spot on there with what I've, and I think as soon as you gamble in the championship Joe as soon as you go for it you spend that money and you and you miss out and then yeah. you've, got, you've got the play you've got to gamble again and you gamble and if you gamble five seasons in a row eventually it's all just going to go bang but once you once you commit to it you've got to stick by it definitely but I think it didn't help with the changeover of managers so quick as well there was a lot of change in, in managers that quite early on so you had obviously Clement and Pearson. They was in and out pretty quick, weren't they? So uh, you're going to change players. When that happens, you're changing players all the time. Mm-hmm. So then your wage budget is going up even more. You're spending more money on transfer fees. There's a group of players that one manager doesn't want, so he sends them with the kids, with the under-23s, for instance. So then you've got a group of maybe five or six players earning, let's say, 100 grand a week between them. And their surplus to requirements. Yeah. So they're just basically there cashing checks, and and realistically, anyone on that kind of money is not going to walk away from the contract. No. And why would they? Well, they, they shouldn't. They they have have every right to take every single penny because that was what was agreed when they come to the club. Can you see yourself getting back involved at Derby at any point? I know Bucko's there now and you do a little bit of coaching. I don't know if it's at Derby, but it, it, see, it makes sense to maybe get involved and do a little bit. Yeah, uh, I would love to, to be honest with you, but uh, I've tried. I've, I've tried, but something's stopping me. The answer's always been no. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> maybe doing this podcast, they don't like me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. I've always been very complimentary of the club. Uh, so it's literally it's one of them things, isn't it? I, I know the reasons behind it, but it's, it's there's no point in getting into it, is there? So maybe once there's uh, a different group in charge, it might change. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't realise that. I didn't try. I didn't I mean to try and stitch you there. No, oh, no. Don't be daft. Uh, no one would. That's the thing. No one would know because it's, it's that daft. What the reason reason behind it is that daft. It's uh, oh. well, listen, it's part and parcel of football. It's just one of them things, isn't it? On the, on the other side of it, I've been helping out with Burton and stuff like that. So been into Burton, helping out with their under 13s and stuff. And uh, I've been down to Villa a few times with their under 13s and 
yeah, it's been it's been good. It's it's different. There's a lot of work that actually goes into it that you don't realise that's going into it as a player, but it's a yeah, it's a it's a real eye opener. I've been doing a little bit with um, Burton Academy just on the media side of things. We're hoping with Dan and, and when you sit in the office and you do you need to look at everything they're doing, you don't actually realise that it actually goes on at Academy. I know Barks does a lot of it with Barks doing the videos of, of stuff and it, I didn't realise that much went into it. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, I'll go back to Villa. I'll reference the Villa because their level of detail going into everything. So like under 13s will be watching all their games back in clips and commenting about what they think they could have done better and what, what they did do well and stuff like that. So, I think that's, that gives the players a, a little bit of ownership to actually sit there and be realistic about your own game, actually watch it back. And, mm. and uh, with them watching it back, it'll sink in better rather than someone telling them this, 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 this. Because yeah. sometimes you, you talk to kids and they just, they're away, aren't they? They're thinking, oh, I've been at school all day. Can you just be quiet? I just want to play football, for instance. So, and I get that. So there's a bit of ownership on them now to, to watch their stuff and, uh, they have all the analysis done for them, which, which is great. It, it's great learning for them. Is the aspiration to be a gaffer then one day? I would give it a go. Definitely, I, I would give it a go because I'd like to know. I've put managers through shit at times, so I would like to to know how that feels like. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So and it's pressure, isn't it? It's, it's having that pressure as a player. You have pressure. You have pressure to go out and win every Saturday or every Tuesday, whenever you put games on. There's always a pressure to go and do something. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind it. I'd, I'd have a go. If I'm no good at it, I'll just try and drop back into coaching. And I, th I think I would be better maybe in the future as a coach because I can have a laugh with the lads. And sometimes as a manager, you need to have that mm -hmm. straight face, be like, and be brutal. And don't get me wrong, I could do that, but. Players turn on you so quick. That's the thing. So I don't know what's happened here, but my screen's just gone smaller. Uh, players turn on you so quick, and that's the, especially this day and age, because players have got a lot more power than, for instance, 10 years ago. And if they want you out, they just dang tools, and that's it. You'll, you'll be gone within games. See, I've seen it happen. I've witnessed it happen uh, in clubs. So Have you ever done tools? I haven't personally. It's not in my DNA to, to do it. And my even if I did try, my dad would actually say, uh, what are you doing? Like, he'd, he'd kill me. So training pitch, don't get me wrong, I've done tools at times. Mm. When when managers have made certain decisions, I've done tools and salt, but it's I'm not down tools in to try and get them the sack, for instance. I'm, I'm down tools in because I'm annoyed, I'm pissed off. And that's it. It's like, fuck you, basically. Like, yeah. you've, you've annoyed me and, and I don't run around. Yeah. Like, I'll just, just jog around. And listen, looking back, obviously, it's totally the wrong thing to do. And it's the one thing I wish I'd have cut out of my career. But at the end of the day, you, not everything's going to be going uh, nice and smooth, is it? Some things are going to be uh, rough when you're dealing with, with raw emotion of, of decisions being made there and then and reactions. That's Does everyone uh, rare up on the on the training ground where someone's tossing it off and you think they go, what you, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, because it's frustrating. The, that's the hardest bit. You know when 
when you're grafting, you know when a team's in trouble, let's say when a team's in trouble and you're going out there and you're grafting and people are just tossing it off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, 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 I've never been afraid to do that and I've never been afraid to, to lose my head to a certain extent. So it's a... Sometimes on the training pitch, it's fine because it's between the lads. So obviously, when it becomes to coaching staff and things like that, then it gets a little bit. Yeah, you, sh- you sh- probably shouldn't have done that. And I've had a, a few rows with coaching staff, and but I'm one of them that when I've done it, whilst I'm still training, it, it won't even cross my mind. As soon as I get off, I'll walk off the training pitch and I'll go, "Oh, what have I done? Yeah, why have I done that?" For instance, so. And uh, I, I had a, actually I had a big one at Forest with Jack Lester. Jack Lester I played with as a as a player, and he, they uh, him and Gary Brazil come to look after the first team. Uh, I think it was when Philip Montania got sacked. So I'd just come back from Burton, and we training sessions going on, and the experienced boys are getting clips, and he's not giving no fouls. So the young lads, uh, Ben Barrett and it is yeah, now known as Ben Barrett and Diaz. So uh, he was the one. He was clipping people, everything. And in the end, like, he, something's happened and I've just lost my head. And it's like, oh, you're looking after them fucking young kids again. <laughs> and I knew as soon as I'd done it, I'm like, oh, what have you done? Like, because Jack's, Jack's a friend. And I'm thinking, if there's one person I shouldn't have done it to, then it, it's him, like, because of how we get on and stuff. Anyhow, he didn't talk to me for the rest of that session. And I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong straight away. And that, so we was in getting lunch and Robert Page was in with us as well at the time, uh, helping out because of what was the situation. And he, I'm getting some food and he's come up to me. He's like, you best go up and see your mate. He's upset with you. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and I, I, knew, I, I knew he would be. And I, I felt terrible, but I just hadn't seen him after training. So in the hour I went up, I'm like, I'm ever so sorry. I said, you know what? I said, I don't even know why I've done it. And he's like, listen, it's not the fact that you've done it. It's just the way you've done it. He said, you're lucky it was you. He said, because anyone else I'd have had a scrap with there and then. I was like, well, I seen you walking towards me, Jack, and I thought, here we fucking go. <laughs> and in the end, obviously, we hugged him and made up and it, it was forgotten about. So, But that, then, then things happen in football, I think. Sometimes you need to realise where it's coming from. It's not coming from a, a nasty place. It's just raw emotion. And football is full of raw emotion. Do you get some of that as you as you go down in, in, in non-league? Is there is a lot of that as well? Because you can have the, the different personalities of, I don't know if it's a stereotype, but that you get your big old hard pro and then you get a youngster that's in on, in, on training. Is, a big, is there any like, kind of big egos? Uh, no, no, not really. Obviously, you... It's, it's like all levels of football. You get people that really fancy themselves and stuff like that. And it's it's part and parcel of the game. You get that from the Premiership all the way down to, to grassroots football, school school football, all of that. You'll get it all the way down. So it's a. Uh, the, the thing I find most is people just want to fight on a Saturday. It just seems like they want to fight and they want to be the hard man in, not in our team, like general opposition. Like, and I know what they're doing. They're trying to disrupt our game because we're, we're a good passing team. So they do it to try and disrupt our game and take our minds off things. But it, unfortunately, it hasn't worked for many teams this year. 
do you ever feel like you get targeted a little bit? Because obviously, you know, you're a feisty character and like you say with the thing, do you think people kick you to either try and make you lose your head or try and put you off like you just say? Uh, not not so much now. I would back back when you played uh, in the league. Yeah, I, re- I remember talking to Lyle Dyer actually, and he was he was at Leicester at the time. But we was talking a, a couple of years back when we was at Burton, and he was saying Nigel Pearson would always say to us, "Just wind him up, wind him up. He'll lose his head," and it like lose his head to the extent that he'll get sent off. So I'd never ever been sent off for for losing my head. I've never that's never happened. I was going to say, I don't think I ever, ever remember you getting sent off. No, I've, don't get me wrong. I've been sent off and booked and stuff at times, but I've, I'm always in control. I know what I'm doing. I could control myself to a certain extent, obviously, during the games. But, yeah, that, that was... So that, that's an insight from what Nigel Pearson would say, for instance. So there's probably many more managers that would, would probably say the same thing, but I'd never been sent off for losing my head. Well, we uh, we talked about sendings off last time we spoke. We had a, quite a long chat about the officiating in <laughs> in our league. What's it been like? Uh, yeah, it's crap, <laughs> mate. It's crap, honestly. So what you what you tend to get, it's like it's it's all about the officials. So we had a let, we'll get back to the one in the cup uh, against York, like. I remember him coming to Solihull actually, and he's not great. But when when he come back to Solihull for one of the later games in the season, he turned around to someone at the club and said, "Can you make sure you give me a good rating today, please? Because uh, I, w- I want to get in the football league." Well, if you're a good referee, we will give you a good rating. So do your job properly. Don't be arrogant, mm. like because the guy was incredibly arrogant and. I tried to have a little bit of banter with him on Saturday about obviously Sully or games. He's like, don't know what you're on about. So I'm thinking, I, I, you're just back to being the dickhead that you was before. So, but no, listen, I f- but that might just be his character on the pitch. So again, people change the characters from off the pitch to on the pitch, don't they? Mm. So that just might, he might be top bloke off the pitch, but he's not a great, he's, he's not. You know, some you can have a great relationship with and you can have a laugh with, get on with, have a bit of banter. If you disagree with his decision, you can tell him and he'll hold his hands up and go, well, I thought this. Mm. And you go, okay, brilliant, no problem. So we had the, there was, we had, I think it's Rebecca Welsh. We had her last year in the, in the Solihull Moors. She was unbelievable. She would talk to you. I think she'd been promoted to the league now. She would talk to you. She, she would explain what she thought. And if, if that's the case, then you can't say nothing as a player, can you? No. You just say, okay, well, I disagree, but we carry on. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that I've seen. There's uh, Even in the Football League um, at the minute, it's it's just really, it's little daft decisions. It's not like the big, it's not the big penalty moments or the big yellow card. It's just the little daft niggly things. We went to Millwall on Saturday with Derby and just little daft things. And yeah, it's really frustrating. And then when you can see the ref occasionally go, like, I'm not talking. Like, you can see, I've noticed it since you saying, I've, I'll be thinking, if you did that to me, I'd stick the nut on him. He's like, winding me up up here. Exactly. So, so we get, well, when, you, when you're in the football league, someone comes in to talk to you about respect, how you speak to referees and all of that side of it. So 
if we have to show them respect, they have to show us respect. But you don't. You get that little hand gesture. Go away. Go away. Talk to us. Don't yeah. be rude. Talk to us. So, but unfortunately, they must have different rules. So there's no, there won't be a career in refereeing uh, after. Do you know what, right? I, I actually did think about it. Uh, I, about two years ago, I thought, shall I give it a go? Because if you get to a good level, obviously you get to championship level and Premier League level, which I'd like to think they would fast track you because you can't, you, well, you've played the game. Yeah. You understand the game, you understand, or you can see when something might be a dive or see when something's building up. You can try and get things under control. And the other thing is you'll get more respect from the players mm. because they know you've been in their shoes. So they know you're going to make a mistake. And that's the most frustrating bit. Most of these referees have never played football. So that's that's the bit where they don't know if someone's trying to trick you into a free kick and just ah, go down and get a free kick. And, you know, it's tough. You're never going to win, are we? That's that's the thing. The an, an ex player, ex player, should be pushed to do it. I I do a podcast with Tim Lovejoy as well, and we had um, I can't remember who it was. We had a ref on anyway. Um, oh, Keith Hackett, and I yeah. asked him. I said I can't believe. If you watch cricket, all the umpires are ex pros. Said so no, they know instantly if it's LB, even if it's not like, because they know because they've played the game. Why can't more footballers go into it? I mean, I know the top level if you've earned. 80 grand a week for your whole career. You're not going to go and earn 80 grand a year to be a ref, but League One, League Two, National League players, why? I've never understood because I don't even know that, I don't even think there's been a footballer that's gone on to be a ref after. No. It's incredible that, that that never ever happens. You know the game inside out, you've played it, you know. I've, I've always been surprised at that, that there's, there's never footballers that turn to be refs. With, with that, do you think, like obviously the players got to want, want to do it, don't get me wrong, but then. Do you think the PFA or the FA should kind of push them and nudge them in the right direction and say, listen, if you want to do it, we'll like you to get up the pyramid as quick as possible because we know where you've been in the game. And, and Agree. Like that. so, so that's, what, that's what happens with cricketers. Yeah. They don't have to go through the whole process. We know you know what the LBW rule is. Stand there yeah. and give it yes or no. Well, the thing is with football, you don't get, as soon as you come out the game, well, you don't even have to come out the game. Let's say, uh, so after Scunthorpe, I didn't play league football. So there's never once been like a phone call from the PFA or a, an email saying it's, it's just a, it's a little gesture, really. It's a little box ticking exercise. Is there anything we can help you with? We've seen you've, you've come out of the Football League. Can we help you with education or any courses going forward? You get nothing. You only need to make an a email for, mm. to send out to everyone for at the end of the season because they'll know who's out of contracts. They'll know who's not gone. Uh, back into the football league it's not hard but it's just people don't want to do jobs or that's what players that's the PFA the Players Football Association for you but Joe if you went to the PFA now and said look I'm uh, I'm playing for Buxton I'm doing a little bit of coaching I want to get into coaching and have you done all your badges no I'm, I'm due to complete my B to be fair but that was all done off our own back so yeah. no, no one come to us like but this started whilst there was a Forest with Ben Osborne still. So that started, that's how long ago it had started. So it's since, like I say, coming out of, of the Football League, there's not once been a message or a phone call. No, it's crazy. Or an email, for instance. And there's plenty of people there 
sitting in an office not doing much throughout the day. So it's not it's it's not hard for that organisation to actually they take care of their players, don't they? The players are the most important thing. Do you pay in when you play in? Uh, you, I think you're paying like a yearly subscription. It just comes straight out of your wages. Well, you no choice. No. Oh, so it's not, listen, it's not much, and don't get me wrong. You you get you get a boots voucher for Pro Direct. That's that's what you give it. I think it's like four hundred quid or something like that. You get a voucher. So yeah, I could go on all day about that, mate. No, it's like when you look at. I know you did your your badges with Ben, and look at. Ben's done everything he's done outside of football off his own back as well. With his, I don't know if you know about. It, he's got his own like kind of coaching academy and everything, and he's setting up for life after football now. Even though he's only twenty seven, but I think that's because he's maybe seen it. We've been around and seen. One day I could go in, I could snap my leg in two places, and then what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, kind of thing. You definitely, yeah, you do need to to try and think of that bigger picture for for after football. Sometimes it's hard whilst you're in it though, because you're just purely focused on football like you, you diet you you may have a game you, you played on a Saturday your next four processes games Tuesday what I forgot to do to make sure I'm I'm right going into it so but then you get Wednesday Thursday you can you can set up for that but I've always focused on football and that was uh, like life or death to me yeah well it's been brilliant mate I'll go let you go because you've got to get off what's uh how long, how long do you think you've got left playing? Uh, as long as I can, mate. That's the you thing. You've got to keep, keep going until you... But you'll, yeah. you'll know when you wake up one day, won't you? If you're... Yeah, but I think that's the, the luxury of part-time. You, you're not running around every single day, get pounding the body. So it's uh, there's, I think there's plenty of life in the old dog, yeah. And then maybe a little bit of management, maybe back at Pride Park one day. Oh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? With a bit of luck, it, it would be nice, but we'll see. Well, I'll see you in a few weeks. I think I'm going to come up and if I can get in to, to watch Buxton and Morecambe with my big crazy friend. So, uh, hopefully I'll see you. In, get yourself in. It's a great, great little ground. Yeah. But that's, that's the other thing. Like, the non-league football, it's just, it's, it's crazy. And I didn't realise how entertaining it was until, obviously, I, I actually got there. But it's, it's good. It's a good laugh. I think more people should make the way out if they're, home to if their team's not playing at home that weekend make your way out to a non-league ground honestly and the other side is it helps because you'll buy a couple of pints yeah buy your ticket every little helps for, for the clubs like that yeah. every little helps towards Wardy's wages nah, <laughs> I'm only joking I'm joking not mine mate not mine <laughs> right nice one mate I'll catch up with you soon brilliant as ever. brilliant cheers mate